recording. All right. All right. Uh, we have we have Jamal back on the show. Uh, he's kind of the professor that introduced me to the myth of Sisyphus, actually. Um, I had heard of Camus in my senior English class in high school uh, because we read The Stranger. But I believe in in your class, I think it was either ethics or uh or was what was that class it was like logic and oh yeah the critical thinking yeah no it would have been critical thinking ethics. yeah ethics. yeah okay yeah well welcome back thanks for doing this yeah thank you I'm excited so, yeah so um so yeah I, I brought you on the show because i wanted to go um kind of have a discussion on an absurd reasoning which is the first chapter of the myth of Sisyphus, and it's the one that um, I believe you uh, in your class you taught an absurd reasoning, and you taught the actual just the the myth of Sisyphus, right? Yes. I don't yeah. remember going over the the middle two chapters. No, yeah, so just that first, and I don't even know it was the full, whole whole chapter, but um, yeah, yeah, sweet, yeah. So um, I guess my first question there would be. Um, what is the absurd to you and when did you first encounter encounter it not um from a literature standpoint like sure. but when did you first personally experience the feeling of the absurd yeah that's a good question so um so the absurd i mean i i, I guess the way i i think of um the absurd is um you know i i mean i tend to I think like all of us, right, tend to sort of place meaning and concepts and all sorts of things on like my life, right? Yeah. And um and like the absurd is when I realize that that I have actually been the one creating all of those 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 ideas, those concepts, that meaning, that story, right, that's been going on. Um and and so I think there's a few times that I've I've encountered the absurd um you know pretty like kind of forcefully um forcefully yeah i mean i think maybe so, so there's like sort of like i mean it, it sort of comes in in with different sorts of emotions right so like yeah. i think a, a really good example of, of when i've experienced the absurd is um um having children um so okay. this isn't necessarily the first time i i, I experienced the absurd um, but but having children because it's this kind of moment where where I realize like I am like, I'm like there's this like living being coming into this world right that like um, that, I mean almost this sort of like pointlessness to it it seems right like um, but but there's also this like no but like this is like embracing life right I mean as, as Camus talks about the experience right like yes. here here's a being that is going to experience reality as it is you know. And, um, and, and so there's a, yeah, a weird sort of, I mean, you, you he, he talks a lot about it's, it's not exactly illogical, right. But there's this like lack of, 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 of reasoning that sort of goes into that, that affirming of, of, of life in that way, I think. Um, and, you know, I've, I've experienced it. Um, I think at times in like nature and in meditation, um, you know, those, those are, you know, moments where um, it, it's almost like scales falling, you know, um, where I'm falling. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I, you know, I, I sort of feel an immediacy, um, you know, in, in, in the world. Right. Um, so there's, you know, like, and again, Camus like talks about like, here you have this world, you know, and then you have like, me the person right and and like the absurd shows up when when they like you know when i recognize that they're like running up against one another um and i've you know usually there's like some padding there right like i i create something to soften all of that for me um and um and i think that that um in those moments right like i mean it can be like scary, it can be like um, almost like kind of that like edge of cliff feeling, right? Yeah, like, you know, like, you know, like, yeah. you know, um, and 
and I think we'll talk about this, right? And because I'm, I'm curious about a bit about like the the experience of like non-self in, in Buddhism, right? And, and and if there's a relationship, you know, with this um, sort of thing, or if that's that's maybe one of these um, one of these sort of philosophical um, sort of suicides that that Kemi talks about, um, right? But but there does seem to be at least, and and, and maybe it's it's that um, you know at those moments like it's not like myself that's gone, but like a self that I have I've manufactured that's suddenly gone, um, you know, that, that disappears. Yeah. So uh, kind of that, uh, that ego death that people experience through right. um, meditation. Uh, are you saying that the enlightenment, that this Buddhist enlightenment is a sort of philosophical suicide? Oh, I, I don't know. In a sense, right? like, I think that's yeah, that's sort of what I'm asking, or kind of what I'm questioning in my mind is is whether that's the same kind of move that he he's saying that people like Kierkegaard um, and other kind of religious existentialists yep. um, do, right? That they have have like shifted, said, okay, fine, like absurd, but like you know, God is the absurd, right? Um, and I can embrace it in that way, um, and. You know, has is the Buddha doing the same sort of thing by by kind of finding ways outside of of you know suffering, right? Finding a way to, yep. to sort of give up suffering, right? Or su- suffering something that is essential to this experience of of the absurd, right? Um, and and so that's that's sort of the the you know what I'm I'm asking, right? In that, I mean, I, I don't know that I have an answer um, for that. Um, so, but I think, you know, maybe the, 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 the time that I, um, and, and, you know, Camus will talk about, right. Like how the absurd can happen. And I think he talks about like on the street corner, right. It can just be these like, like Monday moments. In the face, right? it's just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Here, like it's absurd or it can happen, yeah. happen when like really major things occur. Right. So he's writing this when, when, essentially France is getting occupied. Yep. Right. Yep. And so like, there's like, you know, sort of the big thing. And, and I, I certainly had that experience. I think when, when, um, um, you know, I, I think I talked on the, 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 the show before about um, my recovery from alcoholism. Right. And so like yep. my life fell apart, you know, and when, um, when, when the alcoholism was getting worse, like I was using that, right. I was using the alcohol as, as that way of, of, of softening the world, right. So that's what I was trying to do with it. Right. Yeah. Like, and then like when that went away and I, I kind of like saw like, Oh my goodness, like everything that I've been doing, right. Like until now, like doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. Well, there's this, there's this moment in the myth of Sisyphus when Camus is comparing mysticism to uh to absurdism and the the mystic does oh, sort of the yeah, same mysticism, thing. Sorry, yes yep yep the the mystic will surrender themselves to their god right right in the same way that the absurdist surrenders themselves to that you know that subtle indifference to the world that uh that he talks about in the stranger you know with uh, with Merceau at the end when right. he's about to get executed and uh and he says that he right. found himself sinking into that subtle indifference of the world, so much like a That's, brother to him. Yeah. And I wonder there if yeah. there's, because uh, I wonder there if there is a sort of a leap to, um, if there's some kind of a leap to like just accepting the indifference of the world. Um, mm. So is, is, is Camus too like committing the same? Yeah, but but it's in yeah. a different it's in a different uh a different context, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he uses, I mean, it's it's interesting because he'll you know talk about revolt, but other times yes. he'll use language like accept, right? Yes, and and so it's like he's and, and I think this is the problem with something like the absurd is it's absurd, right? So it cannot it's it, it, and, and maybe this is a good way of comparing it to to mysticism is the the experience of it. Um, is not something that's easily um, put into language, yes. right? Because it's absurd, right? In the same way, like the mystic cannot easily put their experience into language um, because it's it's kind of beyond language, beyond reasoning, right? Um, 
Well, it's it, it's a revolt and it's an acceptance, right? It's uh, right, accepting good. the revolt in a sense. Because he, he also had the example of uh, of like bringing a knife to like a group of people with swords or something like that. And how you kind of have to just accept the fight, right? Right. Um, but... Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. The, the 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 sword to the yeah to to the machine guns. I think is what he said. Yeah. I like yeah. That. Yeah. 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 Knife to a gunfight. Yeah. It's like whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, how do you sort of? Well, I did want to ask you what you thought about. Um, how his version of absurdism, the way that Camus talked about absurdism, how that relates to Buddhism and your own thoughts on on Buddhism. Yeah, good. So I, I think that um, of, of course they're they're starting at, at a similar place for sure, right? Like so, you know, there's both both of them are, are kind of accepting um, initially that like the world, um, is not what I, I um, want it to be, right? Like, or at least initially, right? Like, um, yes, it's not the kind of world that I, I want, right? I want a world that's going to give me, you know, comfort and pleasure and and all of those sorts of things. And and you know, both of them are, I think, recognizing that, you know, that is um, that takes away your freedom, right? Um, you know, and and that actually causes way more suffering. Um, in the end, um, so they're both they both see that, and I, I think they they're both honest about um, about reality in that way. Um, you know, the other thing is is like they both I think with, with like Buddhism will talk about attachment, right? Like the, the yeah. you know one of our um, and, and desire and you know these things, but 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 attachment is is one of the things that that produces um, uh, the suffering, right? Um, you know, the, the world is constantly changing, right? Um, and, and, and so when I'm attached to it, like I suffer because of its, its change. And, you know, I think Camus would, would um, certainly agree, right? That the world is, is, is constantly changing. That's part of its absurdity, um, you know? And, and so how do I deal with that, right? Um, and, you know, one of the ways, you know, Buddhism talks about, right, is non-attachment. Um, to things, right? And so, you know, perhaps this is this kind of indifference that, that arises, you know, for Camus, yeah. right? I've, I've got to have a, a type of indifference to things, um, you know, in order to um, to sort of deal with it. And also, like this this quantity versus quality, you know, towards yes. the end yes. of the chapter, yep. I think is the same the same thing, right? Where, um, you know, the, the Buddha is going to say, like, don't sort of consider any of your experiences like you know good or bad right like you know um and and i think that that's the quantity here you know i first read that i'm like well you know what are you talking about Camus? like of course we want you know high quality experiences like yeah. who cares how many i have like i want high quality and it's like well no like an experience is an experience no matter what it is whether you're on yeah. that you know the bus and yeah. or walking down the street or sitting in, in a boring class or mm -hmm. you know whatever it happens to be right or you're doing you know something that you enjoy right like you know yeah. Kemi playing soccer um or you know going to a movie or or you know whatever right and and so there's now, do we end up with a kind of another type of leveling here? I don't, I don't think so, right? What I do you mean another type of leveling? Right. So, so he'll he he mentions this a, a little bit where when he's talking about philosophical suicide, yeah, that um, that these these philosophers, one of the things that they have recognized um, that that he agrees with is that like through either reason or through you know. the ethical for Kant or Kierkegaard or, or, you know, whatever, that there's a, a leveling process, a cultural leveling, right. Where um, it's like, everything is just like the same. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, there's no real, um, there's no energy behind it. There's no joy behind it. Like, it's just like, we all, you know, and, it, and it's, and, and the joys that we think we have, right. Or manufactured joys, right. We, we do those joys, which culture says is like, good, you know, like this is what you should be doing. Um, and and so there's this this leveling of our of our reality, right? Like it becomes kind of dead, 
in a, in a certain sense, right? Um, and and so when that's removed, right? When sort of we we take that away, um, right? That's when like the absurdity like arises, and it's it's usually at first like in that that conflict because like I, I see it for how it is, right? It no longer fits with with the structure that I've been holding yeah. on to, right? Um, and and so it, I think it's a it's like a, the acceptance is like I mean it's I'm 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 wanting to use the word embrace here, right? Yeah. Like embracing the experience, right? That we embrace our experiences, you know, no matter what they are, right? Um, and that's the only way we can actually experience them, right? Like, um, is, is if we like, you know, bring them in. Um, like somewhere. I'm here now, like, because if you're say, if you say, man, I can't wait for this to be over. So I'm going to go do this, this and that, like, you're going to be miserable now because you're thinking about that future where you can escape. But, you know, if you stop thinking, it's basically like, if you stop thinking that life is a prison, Right, you'll be yes. set free. Right. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I and, and I think that and I think both Buddhism and and Camus um you know do that. Um, um but they kinda uh well it's also if we go back to that quantity and quality thing, I know he was saying something along the lines of two men born on the same, the same year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's no, it's great. It's perfect. All right. All right. Um, two, uh, two men born on the same year, they'll have the same number of experiences. Right. But if you're not uh, focusing, if you're not aware, if you're not present, then um, you won't really be experiencing as much. Right. Right. Um, and if you are here now, then you'll kind of be separated from all those like emotions of, uh, I wish I was somewhere else or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because you're, you're there now and, and everything is kind of just, just an experience. Yeah. 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 Right. Everything becomes much more vivid. Um, yeah. In in that way. Right. Um, and you know, and I think that's that's one thing. And I mean, of course, can't sit and like regret like you know this whole like period where you know yeah. maybe I, I was not experiencing you know the world that way. And of course, you know, I, I spent a lot of my time like not experiencing the world. Um, yeah. You know, and and um, you know, and I don't know if Kemi would say like you know how this process works if it's is like sort of an enlightenment. Like oh now right like. I am the absurd person, right? Like yep. I am always like living in this, this reality, right? Or if, if it's, um, you know, something more like, you know, we, we have these periods where we recognize it and yep. we live in it. Um, and I think maybe he'll talk more about that in the, the um, in the myth of Sisyphus, right? Um, yep. uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, um, you know, which, which it is um, but for me it's it's certainly the latter right I'm, i still like live a lot of my time like not in you know sort of safe not, away from you yeah. um and you know and that's i mean and to me that's why like i i do things like meditation right because it helps yeah. me it helps me sort of see reality for what it is i need that um well there's this um have you ever heard of Avatar: The Last Airbender? So, I have, no. Well, it's just it's this TV show. This uh, that this guy basically has to go and save the whole world. But you know, he's very you know he he's a vegetarian. He's you know he meditates and all this stuff, and and he doesn't want to kill the person who's like terrorizing the world, right? Because because he has these spiritual needs and and whatever. So he he's talking to one of his past lives. And the past life tells him that, hey, um, I you you have a very gentle soul and a gentle spirit, but as the avatar, um, you are more needed to this world, to this physical world. You have a duty to this physical world 
that needs to be above your own spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, you having having children, you know, you're not always going to be able to be, you know, in the moment all the time, right? Or right. You, you know, because you you have kids, you have a duty to your kids. It's that's more important than your own spiritual needs, right? Right. No, that's good. Um, I don't know if you've if you've thought of that, but oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I think about that all the time. Right. Um, yeah. 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 I think, you know, uh, I I think that's the, yeah, that's sort of important to think about, like, you know, how do we, how do we live, you know, our life in the midst of, you know, I mean, again, it's the, the sort of, you know, the Sisyphus, um, you know, sort of experience. Um, Yeah. We have relationships. We have all these things which seem to pull us away from ourselves. Um, you know, but I think that the, the question is like, how do we live those experiences or how do we live in that and still, you know, be present to it, right? Yeah. Still be free. Um, you know, and, you know, we, we were talking about, I was, I was just thinking of, of, um, of the Bhagavad Gita and, you know, that um, um, Arjuna and the Bhagavad Gita, is, okay. I don't know if you've, if you read I've read part of it, uh, not too much. So I really want so, to. I, I have, I have the book, but yeah, I just well, there you go. It it's yet. on the shelf. It just needs to be read. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but Arjuna is like, you know, yeah, kind of the same thing. He doesn't want to fight yeah. in this battle in this war um, because you know it's it's it, he's going to be fighting his own family and and all of this stuff and um and so he he's he has Krishna um who's, who's the avatar the avatar of of Vishnu right so manifestation yeah. of God um on earth as his charioteer and and you know he says like well what should i do and like you know, krishna's like well you know yeah kind of the same thing like you you got yep. this gentle spirit but you know what you are you're a warrior right you're a prince yeah like that's your job you have a duty you know at this point to fight in this battle right um, yep. and and so it's like you know how do i do that right and still remain true to myself or how do i do that without um uh, yeah without finding some way of, of, of checking out or, or kill. Yeah. Doing, you know, it's a, a sort of suicide, right? Like, yep. you know, how do I do this without some sort of, of suicide? Um, yeah. Without like killing that old version myself, but, but, but at the same time you're, you're attached to that version of yourself and that's, what's blocking you from. Right. From yeah, exactly. Forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's yeah. exactly right. I think that's, yeah, I think that's the insight that like, that you have become, you've created some, vision of yourself right some way you're supposed to be and like yeah. that's you know that's not what the world is telling you you know at this moment you need to be um well and it's also well what does he say it says oh arjuna like these men are slain by me already or right yes he does go through all of that lines, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they're they're immortal and they're fine and don't worry about it they, you know. yeah <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah yeah so. So I did want to ask, when did you first encounter the myth of Sisyphus? Mm, when did I first? Um, so I think it was in um, an existentialism class um, okay. in in undergrad that um, I read like just a part of it. Like we had like a reader, and I read just a, a little snippet of it. I don't I don't know that at the time I was. Um, sort of, yeah. I don't. I don't know how much I engaged with it at the time. Like I think that I, you know, I I liked Sartre a lot at the time, and um, it took me a while to really sort of come to Camus um, and to embrace Camus. And um, you know, somebody asks me, right, like, who's your favorite philosopher? I don't know. I think you know, I, it, it's hard between Kierkegaard and Camus, right? Like, I think they, yeah. yeah um, and at this point, and because I think they they speak to my experience a lot more um, than yeah. than Sartre, um, and so yeah, so it was then, and then I came back to Camus. Um, so we had so I, I taught this. Bef- this was before COVID, then right? Yeah. You took yeah. okay. So I must have been you know reading Camus um, before then because I know I. You know, I read I read the plague during COVID. You know, and really got <laughs> back into Camus at that point. Um, but but I think you know this is interesting. I wonder if it was this you know after sort of getting into recovery and like yep. saying, hey, I've got to like you know 
think about this crazy world that I'm in and learn how to live in it in a way that I'm not running away from it. Right. Yep. Um, and, um, and certainly what I was doing all the time was committing small suicides. Right? That was, that, you know, yep. each time I got drunk, it was a way of, of committing suicide for myself. Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, so I think that, that it probably spoke to me to, to some degree, you know, at that point, and that's probably why I was like, Oh, this is great. And, you know, some, um, 19, 20 year olds, maybe they'll get something out of this too. I don't know. And if they don't now, they will, they'll remember it and come back to it in 10 or 20 years. Um, I definitely think the, um, reading the myth of Sisyphus really, um, put me in place where I got so, I like felt like I could relate to it so much and it really kind of got me like not even on a philosophical journey, but it put me on a spiritual journey um, yeah. for, for myself, which I think is, is a lot more important than philosophy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in many ways, I mean, obviously philosophy is necessary and it's needed, but I think uh without that aspect of spirituality it's um i think philosophy kind of misses the point i guess yeah no i agree with you right and and you know my my approach to to philosophy um is is certainly like that that it's it's got to have um you know you're putting sort of a spiritual aspect to it um you know the way i approach it in my ethics class right i i I use the sort of purito um approach of philosophy as a way of life right um, you know, that Who? it's got to be something Pierre Ado. Pierre Ado. Yeah. So Pierre, P I M E R R E Ado, H um, A D O T. Um, and he, he, um, he was a student of, of Foucault's, but anyway, he, um, he says, yeah, that's what philosophy, um, is and, or should be, right. It's not just about you know, arguing about interesting ideas, which is, you know, fun and all, right. But it's, but it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta um, say something about how to live your life. Right. Um, And and I like that you, you said that, that like, and I I think about Camus as a spiritual writer. So, you know, you know, you know, he's, he's not religious in the traditional sense. Right. I think he is very much a a spiritual um, writer. Well, because I think when you hit that moment of of the absurd, you kind of just go like, "Oh wow, right?" You know, you it, it's kind of like seeing the world for the first time. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's and that's why I I think I, I I sort of you know mentioned at the beginning is that like you know sometimes these can be like you know the 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 encounter of the absurd can can like feel like your your world's like falling apart right yeah but the other times it can it can feel like you know joy at the same time and i think it's that it's just yeah. that yeah you're counting counting the world as it is for the first time and and each time so you, you know like yeah it comes to it it feels, that way. it feels fresh it feels new right it's not it doesn't get old right that's something about the absurd is it's not it never gets old it never gets boring um well and that's that uh, that's that awareness, right? Yeah. Uh, if, if you're aware, you notice that everything is different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, well, and that's, well, that's also why I brought up the, on the Buddhism example, right? Because B- Buddhism is all about awareness, all about being here, present now. Right. Um, but I do. So I did want to ask you about the leap though, about philosophical mm. suicide. Yeah, good. And what is he? He kind of says. I mean, we talked about this a, a little bit earlier when we were saying, like, is Camus making a leap here as well? Um, but do you think the loop or the leap is? It is it philosophical suicide, and is it illogical? I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a really good question. So you know, I, I already yeah. said like, oh, my my two favorite. Like philosophers, yeah. I might yeah. say Camus and, and Kierkegaard, and yeah. so when I yeah and 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 so of course I like during reading this whole thing I'm like fighting Camus I'm like no like this cannot be philosophical suicide because you know I love Kierkegaard um, and so so I yeah, yeah I, I I certainly 
um, when rereading it, like I, I struggled kind of with that, that, that part yeah. a little bit. Um, and I, well, I, I think there's a certain rebellious aspect to it. Right. You know? Oh, and, to uh, Kierkegaard, yeah. I mean, he is, he is, is that what you're well, saying? Well, to both, to, to Camus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Or I guess to both of them, but yeah, like what, like what was your, your struggles with it? Cause I kind of struggled rereading it as well. Cause when I first read it, I totally agreed with everything you said, but, but the second time I read it, you know, like j- just now I, I disagreed with a lot of what Camus said. So, you know, the, so the, for, for Kierkegaard, right. Like the, um, you know, the book that most people know or people who are yeah. familiar with Kierkegaard at all is Fear and Trembling, right. Yeah. So Fear and Trembling is like, Kind of the retelling of the the sacrifice of Isaac uh, by yeah. Abraham, yeah. right? And so, you know, the question I, I think you know there is, um, was the the command of Abraham, right, uh, by God, you know, in in this, was that an absurd command, right? Um, and and is Abraham like Sisyphus in this this case, right? Where yep. where Abraham could say, "Okay, I'm going to do this thing um, because you know God's telling me I have to," um, but you know I'm going to like begrudge God about it and like all of that, right? Like, or yep. or or you know Abraham can just say, "Okay, you know I'm doing this thing," um, or it could do it out of fear, right? So that's another you yep. know um, approach, and you know so. Abraham, of course, is doing something that um, is absurd, is absurd, or at least is irrational, um, right? From kind of the world's perspective, from yep. you know, the, the ethical um, perspective, uh, and so he doesn't have anything there to to ground himself in, right? Like no. he, has, he has has nothing to to to, to hold on to. Uh, and so I think that moment um, when Abraham says, you know, yes, I'm going to do this thing, right? I think he could be, I mean, of, of course, we can, we can talk about like what was really going through Abraham's mind, right? Um, but, but I think, you know, I think Abraham could be um, embracing like the absurdity um, of God. Um, now, you know, it, so, so Camus says, well, you know, it's all, it's all just too irrational, right? Like, you know, it's like they've gone too far, right? Like, yep. um, you know, so, so you know, he, is there, he took that leap because like, I, because he, he said that, Hey, that there's a, the leap isn't believing God. The leap is um, going from a place of finding the world meaningless and then taking a leap in reasoning to like, never mind. It's it's totally meaningful, right? There there is a God. Right, right, right. good. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, and you know, Kierkegaard talks about this where um, where Abraham kind of has to vacillate between this like, oh, you know, I am off to kill my son. Um, yep. you know, the son that was given to me to like, you know, populate, um, you know, the world essentially. And, yep. um, but at the same time, right. Like I have to have faith, right. That, mm-hmm. that, that God will make it okay. You know, yep. and, and maybe it's that second part, right. That like, um, where, where there's this this faith that like God is going to make it all okay, right? Going to bring um, Isaac back and do something, right? I don't know, don't know how it's going to work out, but like it's going to be okay in the end. Yeah. Um, and I think Kierkegaard says, well, no, you've got to hold on to both of those at the same time, right? You can't like just rely on 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 the second, right? You have to at the same time believe like, no, I'm really killing my son here, yes, right? Um, and Um, if if you you know if you believe that that, that paradox is, well, I don't want to say that we're possible because obviously it's impossible. Um, but if you believe that Abraham really held both of those um, simultaneously, I think we're still 
in the world of the, of the absurd, perhaps. Yeah. Right? But um, but I think Camus pointing out um, that like, well, no, like um, Abraham is just finding an alternative route towards meaning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, where he he's he's going beyond reason. Right. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, reason, yeah. Whereas Camus doesn't. He says that you know he he should only live with what he knows. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's exactly yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. 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 Good. Yep. So. Um, and. And and you know, on one hand, right? Like, if he's going, you know, only going with what he knows. And he chooses to affirm this command and like kill his son, right? How can he have faith, right? That like it's going to all be okay in the end, right? Like it seems like that that, that's going just too far. Um, Well, I did want to ask you about the um, uh, something that I really find important in Fear and Trembling is the aspect of, of Abraham being incommunicable. Uh, it's sort of uh, uh, that that can kind of be compared with with how Camus uh, when he's in that state of the absurd or like when when anyone gets slapped in the face with the absurd right Uh, you can't really communicate that to people right it's kind of like uh, what we were saying earlier where you know the absurd can't really be expressed in words um, at at least fully Um, and I think that's an important aspect there Um, yeah. I don't know if you had anything to, to say on that on, on that topic of incommunicability, but yeah. Um, no, I think that's I think that's yeah, I think that's important. Um so yeah, so so the the you know Abraham or excuse me, uh, Kierkegaard talks about you know silence a lot. Um silence. Silence, yeah. Um and and you know that like um, and it seems that like, like experience, like real experience, um, like even if it's done through like, you know, speaking in some way, right. There's a, a yeah. silence to it, right. Where, where all of that dialogue and stuff has been quieted down, um, you know, completely. Um, and because what matters in it. Right. And, he, and it's interesting because here's, here's another thing, right? He talks about, he talks about, the, you know, the absurd having value, right? Even though he wants to like say it's meaningless, yes. right? he'll use the word value. And I think for it to have value, right? It's not something that can then be, you know, um, explained, you know, away. Um, and it's only in silence that it can be um, um, sort of taken in and accepted. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it's something of the present alone, right? It's not of the future. It's not of the past. Um, and yeah, so it seems that that's a that's a it's a, a core part of this. And I, you know, going back to this sort of discussion of meditation and these sort of experiences, you know, that I, I I've had throughout my life, right? One of the things about those experiences is like as soon as I start to talk about them. Like I start to feel stupid or feel like I sound stupid or like, Oh, like they're not yeah. getting this. Right. This isn't making any sense. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Like, so suddenly like, um, and if I like recognize that, like, Oh, like, of course this is meaningless in, in this world too. Right. So just like the absurd is, you know, as soon as I try to bring it into like the world of reason, like it's going to be meaningless. Um, it, it, it's going to break down. Yeah. You know, and so it's uh, like, yeah, so, so, so sometimes the only thing you can do is just, yeah, remain, remain silent, you know. Yep. And kind of like that quiet, like quietly embrace it, I guess. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, and Kierkegaard talks about this, and I think Camus mentions something like this to where, you know, the absurd, the absurd person, um, or, you know, for Camus, the night of faith, right? Like, they just seem like anyone else to you know, they don't seem like anything special, you know? Um, yep. And, you know, I think that's, that's important too, right? Like, you know, just, you know, it's like, here's life, you know, and I'm actually living it. Um, 
Yep. It, well, and it's, I also wonder um, if someone was enlightened, I feel like you probably wouldn't notice them, right? <laughs> like you wouldn't notice that they're enlightened, right? If they were. Um, or what do you think on that? Do you think if someone was enlightened, you'd like see them go, whoa, look at this person? Because I know in, uh, in Siddhartha, I don't know if you've ever read Siddhartha, but I think they were saying how... Uh, um siddhartha saw the buddha or whatever and um and well like in in this book for some reason siddhartha and the buddha are two different people um but siddhartha sees the buddha then he's like oh this person is perfect you know the way they walk everything about them is absolutely perfect right but then you met the 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 guy on the ferry right yeah the rope the rope yeah 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 Yeah. so Mm -hmm. i know so what do you think about that yeah good this is this is good. So it's I think that there's um, um maybe this is a little like sort of Taoism here, but there's like a spontaneity, okay. you know, to the person that is enlightened, right? That they yep. they act spontaneously. And I think that, that that's the case with the the you know um the the um the ferryman, right? The, yep. like, you know, he just acted spontaneously. He he didn't have anything to like show off, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's recognizable, but it's awfully subtle. Um, yeah. You know, it's, and, and if you're not looking for it, you're certainly not going to find it, you know. Um, well, I do like you, that. And if, you haven't, and if you haven't had some experience of it, right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to recognize it. Um, yeah, you kind of have to have that, uh, that experience. And uh, I do think it, it is interesting in that book, especially when he's kind of compare he's kind of comparing the buddha to the ferryman and and no one follows the ferryman but you know there's swaths of people following the buddha right um but the ferryman is just your average guy right and uh it, it kind of goes to show that hey you know you don't need to be you know you don't need to go meditate every day and uh you know do all the you know like have the bowl for you know, psalms and everything and um so you can just be a ferryman and find enlightenment doing that um, well, it's in the same way where, uh, you know, the absurdism can just strike you at any street corner, you know. Right. Um, and and maybe and maybe it's both, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to like necessarily doubt like the Buddha's enlightenment. Um, but, no. <laughs> um, you know, but but I, I certainly think that it's it's you know shows up, um, you know, all over the place, um, and. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just thinking of that. There's some some um, some you know Zen teachers that you know in the past have sort of lived that. Um, you know, obviously we have like you know those who, who built big monasteries and all yeah. that, right? But there's some that are just like poets, and they maybe live as hermits, or maybe they do stuff right that sort of separates yeah. themselves in, in certain ways, right? But they live just in this natural way, you know, and and um you know there's a childlike nature to them there's a playfulness right um, when was the last time you read zarathustra um oh it's been a little while yeah i, I i'm trying to remember if i've assigned anything you know i always assign yeah i said the childlike right i always assign that yeah um that that piece in my ethics class when we talk about nietzsche but um yeah it's been quite a while since i read the whole thing i I did kind of want to ask you what you thought as far as because because when i read nietzsche i don't see a whole lot of the absurd being mentioned but or i i guess like maybe he mentions it but i kind of overlook it Um, but i you know but Camus talks about nietzsche at least at least three times throughout the myth of sisyphus yeah, so I did kind of want to ask you what you thought about uh, Nietzsche's view of the absurd, or if you had any uh, insights onto that. Yeah, good. So I think, I mean, I think that that um, I think Hemingway was very Nietzschean, right? I think that's kind of a way of of, of understanding, you know, that embracing life, uh, yeah. amor fati, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, I think that. Um, you know, using that that story from you know, since it's on my mind, from uh, 
from the mythos, uh, not mythos, uh, from thus spake Zarathustra, right, of the the camel, um, yep. the lion, and the, the child. child. Right? Like, I think that that's, that certainly can be read um, as the experience of the absurd, right? What the process is yep. that we live our lives as camels. Um, we have the dragon, right? That's like, um, you know, telling us how we, we should act with apes and how we should be the culture, you know, or whatever, you know, society or, you know, religion, whatever it happens to be for us. Um, and, you know, we're weighed down by it, right? That it, it, it feels, you know, safe. We know what we're supposed to do and yep. just sort of like one foot in front of the other. Um, and um, and so the, the lion stage, right, is when we've come to recognize um, the absurdity, right? And that's maybe, and, and maybe that's a way of understanding, right? This sort of revolt and acceptance part, yep. right? That like there's this initial revolt, right? But that revolt is just as much against um, my own uh, manufactured self and, um, and, and again, culture or whatever, right? Like all all those sort of false, uh, uh, realities that we have. And and so, you know, that's the, the, the revolt. And then, um, and then the acceptance is that moving to the the, the child stage where it's a yes, right? So you have to go to, you have to, yeah, the no has to be there, right? You can't get to the yes without the no, um, well, th- th- well, and also when you're looking into the scales of the dragon, um, you can't really look at them without seeing yourself too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Really reflecting the scales. So I think, uh, in, in a sense, yeah. the lion, the the lion can't destroy the dragon without destroying himself too. Yeah, um, no, that's good. He doesn't specifically say that, but I kind of just no, no, no. I like up that. On that no, I, I talk about it, but. Really good. But yeah, there is a this, mirror sort of aspect to this whole process, yep. right? Like, yep. Um, uh, and, and you have to, yeah, you have to sort of, you have to see that, right. You have to, you have to see yourself, you know, and then this is, this is, I think, you know, talking about like sort of philosophy as a way of life and, and so on, right. Like so many spiritual disciplines and, and, you know, philosophical schools of thought and so on, right. They talk about that where, um, where you've, you've got to go through this, this sort of, you know, um, this is sort of, I guess, Christian language, but like purifying process, yep. right? Um, where like all of those habits and, and all those, those, those things, you have to look at them, right? Yep. You can't like, you can't just like destroy them, you know, yep. or, or avoid them, right? Like, you know, then you're just going to be right back to where you were in the first yep. place. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, and so you have to you have to to sort of pass through that that stage here. Um, let, let the things from the unconscious show up, right? And yep. and you know, say you know, in the Buddhist sort of way of looking at it, like you know, give them a little hug and let them go on their way, you know, and, and yep. um, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh. Like you have to sort of let go, right? Um, yeah. Like it's well, when you're really angry at someone, instead of having, instead of you know committing revenge, you know right. why not just uh, let your anger out and then let it go? Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, this is something like being around kids, which is is, yeah. is really like great to see. Is yeah. you know they're just they're, you know, they're just so emotional, but like they, but their emotions flow through them, you know, both, both like, you know, the joy and the, and the anger and, and, you know, the tantrums, they flow through them and then they're done, you yeah. know, like, and so they have to go through the emotion. Right. But then it's like, okay, now I'm fine. You know, like let's do the next thing. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you what, like what are some important things that you've learned from your kids or from, from being a father, mm. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously like right now I have three kids. So one's nine, one's five and then a, a baby, like a, I guess 15 months or so. Um, and of course each of them is very different stages. So, um, 
you know, it's like babies, it's like, yeah, everything's new um, and always getting into everything. Right. But like, it's, yeah. it's really cool because it's like, it's like, it's all the same to them. Right. Like, you know, we've got yeah. cats. It's like one thing you have to do is like keep the baby away from like the litter box because it's like, you know, yeah. it's as fun as anything else, you know, like there's no yeah. distinction between these things. And, yeah. um, and it's just, it's, it's that, you know, I guess that, um, um, you know, kind of, I mean, it's not non-attachment for the baby because there's never been attachment in the first place, you know, or, or whatever, like, um, there's not like a process that has to, like, the baby has to go through. Right. Um, you know, so that's really um, great to see. And then, you know, just, um, and well, the baby is kind of in that, uh, like they're in the garden of Eden, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sense. No, that's good. And in many ways, I think that, um, that the child, right, that that child stage of, of Zarathustra, that is kind of returning to the garden in, in a sense, but returning to the garden with the knowledge of the outside world. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Right. Yeah. And I think that's 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 why the child is not childish. Right. But a child, yeah. childlike. Right. So there's yes. a childish yes. and childlike. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Um and so, yeah, so I think, yeah, so that, I think that, of, of course, just, you know, for all of them, you know, it's like so much learning, so, you know, just everything's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, course, my dog's, yeah. like, favorite toy is, is like, an old trash can. She's just, she's yeah, just yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you think you can figure it out. Well, that's it, too, is, like, you know, learning to, to, to not, you know, kind of try to control situations so much like, yeah you know, i was just thinking like when you like try to like get like the perfect present for a kid yeah. and it's like well no they just want the, the cardboard box right like that's yeah. what you want you know <laughs> yeah. and, and um you know if, if 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 they're not you know already told like this is what you're supposed to want yeah right? it's obviously they're they're sort of hammered with that stuff too um, well that's interesting there too because uh like we are kind of told what we're supposed to want right we're uh yeah um and that's kind of in our framework but um, the the absurd strips strips that away from you you know they're like oh yeah. like i would you know this was just a concept that i've uh, that i've attached myself to you know yeah well and i and i think that's important here is you haven't talked much about like politics but like yeah um but i think that that um the absurd person is you know is is rejecting all of that right yeah. like the sort of the economic system and um the political mm -hmm. system said like this is what you should want right so whether that be and fear think yeah. of like you know from uh, from the period it was written think of like you know nationalism or yeah um, or think of sort of the way you know capitalism you know functions um to create these like desires and like this is what you need right like whatever it happens to be right i think that yeah. that's that's another aspect of, of this um you know and, and seeing yeah and, and of course we can see it and can or i can you know see that process in in my children right where like yeah. they didn't have these needs right and suddenly like you know a need arises that's totally manufactured right yeah um, and and it's like oh well you know my needs right like most of them have been manufactured, right? They're not really needs, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and well, and I manufacture a lot of my needs as well. You know, I have a long to-do list and I'm always thinking, yeah, oh, I exactly. need to get this, this, yeah. this done. But, you know, yeah. you don't really need to get any of things right. you to-do list done, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so, the world will not fall apart. Yeah. So I guess kind of um, as a, like, uh, as we're getting closer to wrapping up here, I did want to ask you a question that um, we, we've kind of talked about throughout the whole time, but I kind of wanted to ask it specifically. Um, how does the absurd set you free? Because, you know, this and absurd reasoning, uh, the last section is absurd freedom, I, I believe. So I, I did want to touch on that. Yeah, what is this this liberation and this freedom? Um, and he talks, I mean, he kind of like talks about how like these are different ideas a little bit, but 
um, you know, how does the absurd set you free? And you've already, you already mentioned it, right. That like, yeah, that we, you know, have, we create prisons for ourselves uh, yeah. and boxes. Um, yeah. And, you know, the one thing I really like about his discussion of freedom, right. Is, and this, this is, you know, I think pretty Nietzschean, right. Where yeah. he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not giving you a theory of free will, right? Like, you know, and, and, and maybe this is a distinction between Camus and, and Sartre, right? Where Sartre like, tries to present you with this like theory of free will. Yep. Um, you know, he's like, I'm not giving you that. Like I'm talking about like, um, like my freedom in my experience, right? Yep. What, what that is like. Yep, um, I can only talk about what I know, right? And I think that's, that's, it's a, that's really important um you know that he he says that um and but in that right like there is still this you know there's a there's a notion i think of of responsibility right that like you know whatever life is like given me right whatever situation i find myself in right like like i can choose right now Right to um, to run from it, to bury myself, you know, whatever. Right, or I can choose to just live in it. Yeah, um, you know, and 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 I think that like you know, freedom here is like not just like freedom to like do what I want. Right, that's not what yeah. what Kevin's talking about. Right, like there's a a a an experience of freedom. Right, that this yeah. is this is about. Um, and feeling free you know yeah. feeling like you're free from um from society you're free from all these uh um i guess all these given like ideals and everything you know and um, yeah and of course this is this is this is you know part of an important part of camus right that was why a lot of people like camus or, or find him insightful as he's you know he's like look like you know, and from, from one perspective, like we're not free at all, right? We like, we yeah. have these lives, we have to live, we have to get up, we have to do these things. Mm-hmm. You know, we eat, we work, we, you know, go to bed, eat, work, go to bed, you know, have sex, have babies, right? Like, and it's just like this like cycle yeah. of things that we do, right? And like, yeah. none of it is like, in one sense, like we're totally um, not free um right but if you but but if you recognize like what's going on right and you you see the absurdity of that and you you know um and you you have some awareness right like that's when you truly can can be free right um you know and and he talks about right i mean he we we already mentioned the the mysticism right but i think the next paragraph he talks about like um, um, you know, slaves in in antiquity, right? And like, um, you know, how there's there's a, a a type of freedom, you know, that can still be found in that. And you know, I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily want to say that he's a sort of a quietist about that sort of thing. Like, oh, like let's let like oppression happen because we know. I mean, yeah. I, I think we know very well that Camus was, you know, he he was very active in in yeah, in this sort of thing. but he's not talking about things on a societal scale right you're talking about right. how does the individual... the individual right yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah so yeah because he, he's not speaking about what we can do as a society he's speaking about what like what can you do like for yourself to set yourself free right right yeah and to, exactly. to truly experience freedom right um, yeah and again there's that you know it's like that's my choice, right? Like I still, no matter what, have that freedom to, to, you know, reject it or say yes to it. Um, You know, which, you know, maybe there's a both, right. That's not necessary. We've already talked about. And it's that, well, it's, it's again, it's, it's a more fati, right. Um, Love your fate. And I think Camus does a really good job just kind of bringing that home in the myth of Sisyphus and especially when you get to the actual myth of Sisyphus, you know, and, and I, I really think that that hits hard to a lot of people, especially 
pe- people in their 20s when they're first kind of, you know, getting out of high school, then they kind of see the the real world, quote unquote. Um, but yeah. 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 And I think that's, and, and I think that, that, that of course is, is also very Nietzschean, right? Like he's, gets a lot of that from Nietzsche. Too. Yes. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Jamal. We'll, uh, we'll leave it off there so you can get to okay. your, uh, your kids' uh, Halloween party. So. Okay. Cool. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. Peace out.